What up, my people? Welcome back for another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast. Reporting to y'all live from Wednesday night here in fucking Cincinnati. Navigating through the week. Super excited for Sunday night, as all of us are. Hosting the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night football again. I guess I shouldn't add the hosting part, because this is our first time hosting a Sunday night game against the Ravens this year. Uh, I saw a stat that this is our first time hosting a Sunday night football game since 2012. That's fucking crazy. Absolutely crazy. But, nonetheless, giving y'all some updates on this Wednesday. Um, as we usually do, we'll go ahead and dive right into it, get into some of these fucking injuries. Um, they're going to be a lot more prevalent today as we got some more insight than I had on Monday. Um, first off, Alex Kappa. Look, it's a high ankle sprain for Alex Kappa. Um, and it, it it's a good sprain. It's a good sprain for him. Uh, I don't know the exact grade uh, that they, you know, labeled his ankle as, but it's a good one. It's going to sideline him for a few weeks. Um, they're hoping that he can be back in time for the Super Bowl. So that's the ex- expectation. Obviously, that's the expectation for me. It's a Super Bowl. Um, you hope to have him back. When's that? Four weeks. You give him a good four weeks. Let that baby rest up. No structural damage. No ligament damage. No bone damage. All good. So it's optimism in the end for Kappa. Yes, missing him for a few weeks is a big deal as he was one of the best guards in football this year. One of the best right guards in all of football this year. He was just so good for us. So good in the run game. Good for us in the pass game. Um, It's going to be a big miss. But that's what's great about having a solid, legit backup in Max Sharping. A guy who started, I think, 42 games for the Texans. Um, He's only 20... Fuck. I think I saw 27. Sorry. 26 or 27. And um, his productivity rate's really good. According to Joe Goodberry, um, his pass-blocking success rate is 97.4%. That's in his career since 2018. Since 2018, Alex Kappa's is 97.3. So interesting note there. No, that does not directly correlate to a player's um, talent and notoriety, but you're talking about a guy that is produced. Um, some of you may think, well, then if he was so good, why did he leave the Texans? Look, the Texans are a shithole. I don't know exactly why they got rid of him. I don't know. All that I know is that they do have some pieces on that O-line. Um, and I guess whatever they found suitable, I think what it was, was that they didn't want to pay him too. um, what was it? Something with $3 million, $2.6 million he was owed through um, something through his contract, and they didn't want to pay it. That's another reason why a lot of other teams did not want to pay that at the waiver wire at the time of year that it was in um, August because not a ton of teams had that cap space available. Fortunately, this is why. The Bengals keep $10 million in cap space. 
indirectly. It's not so apparent. It's as, you know, the Bengals going out and sign a notable, notable veteran free agent who used to be really good for $3 million for the playoffs. Not that obvious for, hey, this is why we keep cap space available. But at that time of year, in August, early September, for guys that you didn't expect to get cut, you know, wait behind their contracts that teams do not want to take on at that time of year, Bengals can handle that weight because they have the space available. That's how we got a guy like Max Sharping. A lot of people wanted his services. They didn't want to pay the money that was attached to him, which was almost $3 million, going through the waiver wire. Bengals were like, Whoop, we got it. No big deal. We'll throw it right now. We did. Now you're hoping that it's going to pay off in the most important time of the year. You lose your best offensive lineman for a few weeks. It's time for Max to step up. In his 30 snaps last week, 26 rushing snaps or uh, run blocking snaps, four pass blocking snaps, allowed no pressures, no sacks. Obviously, nuance there, four pass blocking reps. But nonetheless, that's what it's going to be for the next few weeks. So hope Kappa heals up, get right, and um, get ready for the fucking Super Bowl, man. With T, a lot of people were worried today. T was a no-go. He's just sick today. He's sick. Uh, he should be fine. Um, supposedly, he had a hit pointer. I don't know exactly what a hit pointer is. But something with the fucking hip after the game. Um, I know it's something nagging. It's not something completely debilitating. Um, you're assuming he's going to navigate through that, though. He's got to against this good Ravens defense. So We'll see how that goes for T coming back from this illness, assuming he'll probably be good. Hope he's good tomorrow. We'll see. Um, man, players get sick a lot. Of course, there's a lot of guys. So, you know, more volume raises the likeliness that some guy's going to be out. But I feel like it's kind of a lot. With CTB, another name on the injury report. Uh, he was limited today with a groin. Um, haven't heard anything significant with that. Should probably be fine. Especially at this time of year. He should be fine. So, beyond that, clean slate. Um, this is a, about the best that you can ask for this time of year. No, it's not perfect. We're missing some key guys. But you make it the fuck happen. That's exactly what we've done. And we put a fucking exclamation point on it every single time. So, nothing's going to change. Next man stepping up. So, with the Ravens. Hella DNPs today. Hella rest days. Because they're old as fuck. Marcus Peters, 30 plus. 32. Justin Jones. Or uh, Justin Houston. Motherfucker's got to be 34 years old. Clyus Campbell, 75 years old. 36. 38. I don't fucking know. I mean, these dudes are so old. God. Alright. So, a lot of dudes on the... um, You know, restless today for them. Then you got some notables like Gus Edwards, as I said on Monday night. He's probably not going to play this week, navigating through that concussion he suffered in the first quarter. Um, Marcus Peters still navigating through that calf injury. I don't know if he's going to play. Ravens fans kind of don't want him to because he's been uh, not good this year. Look, he's not the same guy. You know, he used to... uh, I don't know if I was talking about this much in the Monday episode, but uh, Peters used to be um, a great value version of Trayvon Diggs. A guy that embodies a position like a wide receiver. 
He uses his eyes and he processes like a wide receiver. He wants to make a play on the football. And uh, that's still how he wants to play. But he's not the same when you're 32 years old, come back from multiple injuries like he has. So he's been a liability a lot. Um, I guess we'll see if he comes back. They're probably going to try to get him back. Um, Marlon was limited with a shoulder. He should be fine. And, of course, the big one. The quarterbacks. Plural. Look, I'll save the best for last. Um, Tyler Huntley. Uh, I heard that he had a partially torn labrum. Maybe that's the case. I'm also hearing tendonitis. Nonetheless, he's navigating through some bullshit with that fucking shoulder. I've been saying navigating a lot. I'll try to switch that up for y'all. You'll probably notice and be like, damn, B-Thing's saying that fucking word so much. <laughs> I'll switch it up. So, he's working through that. We don't know if he's going to be able to go this week. And, of course, I won't beat around the bush with it anymore. Lamar, unofficially, he's not going to go. It really seems like he's not going to go. All reporters are doubting it. And beyond that, um, inside the building, they're doubting it. He's still dealing with significant swelling. And I've heard that he hasn't even gone through a lot of the physical training process left. Or a rehab PT, from what I read. From um, Game Medicine, it was on Twitter. I don't know how viable that source is. I don't. It, it had a blue check. Of course, if a lot of y'all know Twitter, um, blue checks are something you can buy nowadays. So I don't know if that's something, you know, that's like a parody, making up some shit. Seemed pretty viable, legitimate to me. And multiple signs point to that. It, he's just not ready yet. He has not been on the field in 39 days, going on 39 days tomorrow. He's not practiced. He's not done anything. So assuming he's not going to be good to go. Even if Lamar Jackson was good to go, how valuable is he going to be? Coming back from the knee injury. A guy that is capable, absolutely, of producing, throwing the football. We all know that. No, he's not the best passer, but he's a fine passer. We know that what makes him so lethal is the usage of his legs. If he does not have 100% ability, mobility, athleticism in his legs right now how valuable is he coming back in offense that's already so putrid anyways it would be to be seen and it won't happen because he won't get a chance to play with them again this season and um hot take i don't think he's going to be there anymore uh but that's definitely some topics for later i won't even worry about talking about the ravens bullshit and their contract fiascos right now seemingly no lamar Likely no Tyler Huntley. This is speculation by me. If I was the Ravens, yes, it's taken with a grain of salt of the production that Anthony Brown had. Obviously, with all the turnover-worthy plays he had as well. Uh, Four clear-dropped interceptions by the Bengals. Four turnovers executed by the Bengals already. Like, we could have, of course, shoulda, coulda, woulda. But the landscape was there that we could have had seven, eight turnovers that game. Five games in a row, Eli Apple has had a ball in his fucking hands and has dropped it. I can't fucking have that shit anymore, bro. Y'all saw it last week. It was his best chance. He's got to get a fucking pick. But bringing it back with Anthony Brown, he's most familiar with this Bengals team. He just saw him last week. He put up 200-something passing yards. He was working with Isaiah Likely. Like I said, yes, everything's taken with a grain of salt because the landscape of this game... We knew we were up by a lot. We took our 
foot off the gas. We knew the time of year it was. No. I don't think either team was going 100%. But nonetheless, Anthony Brown is the most familiarity with this team. They can't act like that Tyler Huntley is such a better option when he's thrown for 400 or uh, what was it? Yeah, 458 passing yards in the past four fucking games for them. It's embarrassing. I don't even know how that shit's real. So, from me just observing what I saw, why don't you start Anthony Brown again? So, I'm not going to go too far and say Anthony Brown is going to start, so we need to expect him. But let's say he does. What does that look like? Or same with Tyler Huntley. We'll combine them both. Lackluster quarterbacks. It don't really matter. Lackluster quarterbacks with a terrible offense anyways. Absolutely zero wide receiver weapons. We all know it. Blah, 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 blah. Champion. Or I I shouldn't say a champion because there's nothing to champion about it. I talk about it all the time. They have one of the worst wide receiver cores I've ever fucking seen in my life in the NFL. How does that look? How does this Ravens offense look? What can we expect? Look, they got to establish the run. They're going to do that. They're going to focus on establishing the run and work in the middle of the field with those tight ends. That is it. Establishing the run and work in the middle of the field with the tight ends. Establishing the one. Establishing the run and working in the middle of the field with the tight ends. That's all they've got. They don't want to throw outside the hashes. They don't want to throw to the numbers. They don't want to throw to anybody outside. If they have to throw outside, they know it's likely a play that's going to go bad. I mean, I'd like to look at the EPA per play with Ravens wide receivers. It has to be the lowest like this league has seen in a long time. Because just good shit never happens anymore with that receiving core. That was terrible. One of the worst in leagues coming in. And then they lost their two best wide receivers, which would still be our fours and fives. Like dead ass, Rashad Bateman would be our receiver four. And I actually like Rashad Bateman. He's a good young player. We just have three star receivers. So that's what you expect from that Ravens offense, whether Anthony Brown is in there or Tyler Huntley. Neither of those quarterbacks are going to want to press the cornerbacks, press force their wide receivers or tight ends to make a play in the hashes. Can they do it? Sure, they can. But where did you see a lot of Anthony Brown's mistakes? When he had to get the ball out in space towards the sidelines. Mike Hilton pick. Jesse Bates pick. You know what I mean? When he throws in traffic outside of there, that's where you trap him. That's where you put him at the worst mistake. Crowd the middle of the fucking field. It is that simple. I want to see a unique concept to where they bunch up in a cover two, whatever the fuck, go single high, bring Von Bell down in the box, bring those fucking linebackers out here, bring that D-line, bring five dudes. I don't give a shit. Bring five dudes, bring three linebackers. Like, I don't care. Actually, I don't want three linebackers because I want Mike Hilton on the field or Trey Flowers. Whatever the our defense plans to run, apply the most pressure to the middle of the field. You can allocate less resources to the outside because it will not be tested with either Huntley or Brown. It will not. What can we expect from their defense? Look, it's a good defense. 
Like I said going into last week, there was something to say not to completely run with and be delusional, but something to say about the quality of opponents they had. They played eight of the nine worst offenses in the past 10 weeks of football. The Browns twice, the Steelers twice, the Panthers, the Falcons, the horrible teams, horrible teams. Um, but they played well last week. They played okay, considering it was this offense. Um, they're really good in pass defense. They're guys that can roam the field. They're disciplined. They're really smart players. Roquan Smith is really good. He's a bitch, but he's really good. Patrick Queen, he's a bitch, but he's really good. Marlon Humphrey's really good. Marcus Peters, I already talked about him. Not the same dude, but they like him still. Um, Their backup corners are scrubs, but they're not horrid. I mean, we're going to make them look horrid, but they're not scrubs. Brandon Stevens, Chris Worley. Um, Chuck Clark's fine as a veteran safety. Kyle Hamilton's a good young player. And, uh, of course, Marcus Williams is a good player. It's a good defense, guys. We already talked about this. Disciplined defensive line. Guys that can penetrate. No elite game records in pass rushing. No elite game records in run defense anymore. Calais Campbell used to be that. Still good. It's a good defense. They like to run a lot of cover two shell. Cover two man. They like to stay in man because they trust their guys to win those battles. They didn't do that a ton against us though. We'll see exactly how they plan to come out. And... Thinking with our offense against their defense, a lot of what we can do is a lot of what we did last week. I think press those press those cornerbacks. Force them into deep ball plays. Sorry, y'all. I had some technical difficulties for a moment. Um, but getting back to what I was talking about, I was talking about what we can expect from our offense. Press those cornerbacks. Did a lot of what we did last weekend, except, you know, not we won't be taking our foot off the gas. Uh, press these cornerbacks. We know that we can beat them one-on-one. We can beat anybody one-on-one. So with them trying to go into a cover-two show, they got good roaming linebackers. Work the middle of the field. Triculate the ball like we did last week. We were coasting those first few drives. We were rolling those first few drives. No, I can't say that we can just pers- you know continue that the entire game, but we can see a lot of that. Try our best to establish the run. It's a good run defense. We've lost two of our best run blockers. It it it's gonna be a real it's gonna be a real uphill battle for them this week in the rug game. It will. It will. So we've gotta find a resemblance of the run game though. We gotta try to figure it the fuck out, man. But it, it like I said, it's gonna be tough. Cause a security blanket we used to have was running behind Alex Kappa and Lael Collins. You had a lot of confidence in being able to do that. Uh you don't now. We're gonna be able to figure it out. Last year we figured it the fuck out. We didn't have much of a run game at all towards the end of the year. Um, and we made shit happen. Went to the Super Bowl. Obviously could have, you know, were in a position to win the Super Bowl. So it can absolutely happen. And we have a better pass offense than last year. We are more efficient than last year. So we have all the opportunity in the world to execute and do everything that we need to do. Um, I don't think it's going to be super insanely um, godly numbers. But we're going to clearly get the job done. Uh, won't go much further into that right now. Obviously, since I'll go into predictions and such with my homie Bengals Drake on Friday for the pregame episode. 
But that's a lot of what we can expect on our offense. What can we expect from our defense? A lot of what we had, exactly what we had this past game. And, well, actually, no, that's incorrect because Mark Andrews is the Ravens' offense. He didn't play last week. He's playing this week. What can we do against Mark? I don't think Lou is going to double him. It's kind of annoying because you can and and lock him up, but he won't. Lou won't. And I get it. We got a really good defense with great linebackers, really good coverage corners, still great great safeties. He's going to have confidence that our guys are going to be able to do their job and contain them. Um, but look, I don't care. Mark Andrews ain't winning you a game. He ain't. With the lack of resources around him. Of course, he's a guy that can open up a game. I'm not saying that, that he ain't elite, because he is. But with only a tight end, for real, it ain't enough. Like, two tight ends ain't ain't breaking a game open against this defense. It's not happening. So, maybe I was speaking about this a few minutes ago. Load up the box. Apply all the pressure you can. Bring that five-man front. Bring it. Bring it again and again and again and again and again. Because you get to apply pressure on the quarterback that's going to be bad, whether it's Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown, and apply pressure to that fucking run game. You can afford to allocate some less resources to the cornerback, to the defensive uh, backs unit. You can afford that this game. All right? Apply all the pressure in the box. Bring it all in the fucking box. Every fucking play. Until they deem it to be, you know, not not smart for us to do. And I don't think we'll be able to get there. So, that's a landscape of how I think our offense and defense can go against their offense and defense. Like I said, predictions coming later with the homie. Um, that's pretty much it for this episode, guys. Not a ton of shit going on right now. Um, oh, TJ Hushmanzada is the ruler of the jungle this weekend. That's fucking lit. Um, which is really cool. TJ, legendary wide receiver here for his career. Almost 6,000 yards with us as a seventh-round draft pick in 2001 with Chad Johnson. Both at Oregon State. How cool is that? In the same year, you draft two wide receivers from the same school. We're pro bowlers together. That's fucking badass. Like, I'd like to see how many times that's happened in NFL history. A receiver duo in the same draft class from the same, I mean, not a low-key school, but not a massive school, to become the prominent players that they did. Chad Johnson, top 15 receiver of all time. TJ Hushmanzada, one of the best slot slot receivers of his time. He played, uh, what was it, nine years? With, wait a sec, 2001. Maybe eight years with the Bengals? I don't know, something like that. Seven, eight years? And finished his season, his career, in Baltimore. It's fucking weird, bro. Baltimore takes our old-ass players. I don't know why. But they took Willie Anderson and TJ Hushmanzada, uh for one year. So kind of cool. A full circle moment. Obviously, Hoosh throwing through his Cincinnati everything. It's funny. He don't even really like Baltimore. 
like that anymore. Of course, you know, he respects the franchise and enough, you know, for them giving him an opportunity. He took it with that one year. But it's just really cool to see him still, you know, die hard, orange and black, everything. So, uh, yeah, TJ going to be ruler of the jungle. Jungle's probably going to be rocking. And I'm looking forward to this episode to present to y'all on Friday with Drake. Have a good night, y'all. Peace.